This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. You join me the morning after Tottenham Hotspur have gone without a trophy for yet another season. In fact, Mikel Arteta has since won the FA Cup at Arsenal, left Arsenal, joined Arsenal as a manager and won it again in the time it's taken Spurs to last win a trophy. It's a glorious it's it's a great day. It's uh, it's a, it's the day like we celebrate when uh, when every team in the league has has been beaten once, and we know that you know another season without an invincible team taking that record. It's a great day knowing that Tottenham can't win a trophy. And uh, I've put a little cheeky poll into the live chat. You probably have already seen. Do you think that Arteta? has done a better job in that short period of time of when he first took over the club in the end of that first season, taking over from Unai Emery, than what Antonio Conte has done since taking over at Spurs. And to say that 50 of you have voted and 96% have said yes, well, I think we know the answer to the question already. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Matt G getting in there quick and Peeny Ween is not happy. So close yet so clar- so far, mate. Uh, Guna, good morning to you. John T, Olu, Chris, Martin, Afsa, Bruce, uh, Dr. Soso, uh, Paul James. Uh, good morning to you too. G Norburn, Adam, Mia. Uh, Adam, good morning to you. Uh, Marcus, Olu, uh, sorry, Bobby. Uh, we've got, uh, who else have we got in here as well? Manu, Lars, uh, we've got plenty more as well. I'm sorry, I can't say good morning to all of you. Um, but if you could drop a like on the video, I would be very, very appreciative of that. But good morning to everybody. And uh, yeah, Pancake Day yesterday. It was great. And uh, for me, uh, despite Lee Judges saying just lemon and sugar, I am an advocate of lemon and sugar, but Nutella's got to be in there somewhere, mate. Nutella's got to be there. But uh, as of today, we start Lent. Lent, let me know if anyone's giving anything up for Lent for myself. I'm giving up fast food, takeaways, um, other than prearranged events, which I can't get out of. But other than that, no fast food, no random lunches, no work in nine to five and getting a cheeky subway. None of that. It's all gone. All of it. The wedding kick has fully begun. 
Uh, hopefully you can see a little bit being trimmed off this uh, off this face here between now and August. And uh, I'm sure there's something else I've given up. Oh, yes. Fizzy drinks. No more fizzy drinks. Just water is the only soft drink I'm going to be having from now until Easter. Fingers crossed that's going to help and uh, we can get through. No more cheeky Nando's, Minty Fresh. Nope, none of that. All done. Um, but uh, lovely stuff. And Vinny for Lent is giving up chemotherapy. Amazing news, Vinny. Thank you so much for updating us. And uh, you've done a brilliant job to keep fighting that bastard of a disease. Um, anyway, let's move through to the show. If you haven't already subscribed to the Arsenal Way, link in the description. I'll be live over there at 9.30 for more uh, info and insight around the world of Arsenal. I'll be joined, of course, by my fantastic co-hosts as per. Uh, and as always, we'll be discussing... Uh, plenty of your questions in the chat box on a Wednesday. Um, but we start off with the story that Antonio Conte was knocked out of the FA Cup with Spurs uh, at the hands of following Balogun's Middlesbrough. Now, if you've not seen the clip of following Balogun absolutely ruining Christian Romero, search it out. Chris Wheatley, I think, has posted the video on his social feeds. Go and have a look. It's great. It's fantastic. And, uh, oh, it's just joyous. It's absolutely joyous. Uh, the Spurs fans are salty this morning and it is absolutely brilliant anyway someone else is being a bit salty <laughs> uh, Anthony Taylor did a podcast with BT Sports James Humphreys uh, in which he was kind of asked what how does he want people to look at referees and he was asked and said just more understanding and more empathy so again yes mistakes are made and we're far from perfect now, oh, dearie me, mate. I, I Look, I can't have empathy when you're paid to be the absolute pinnacle of your profession. The referees in the Premier League are meant to be the best of the best. And they are making mistakes, not just like the odd error, not just missing a penalty or a red card or not making these decisions, but there is favouritism, there is behaviour profiling, and there is glaring mistakes across all games that is affecting the outcome, not just of the title race, not just of the relegation race, but every single fixture across the Premier League is being affected by the mistakes and the errors being made by referees. So I cannot have understanding because you are meant to be the absolute pinnacle of your officiating profession and you are making mistakes on a week-by-week -week basis. I can't have empathy because those mistakes are having a direct impact on my club. And to be honest, if we're being very real, more on Arsenal than any other team. And that is being shown this season. So I'm sorry. I'll start having understanding and I'll start having empathy if you start doing your job better. That's when I'll start having understanding and empathy because I'm sorry, at the top of the game, we really should not have to deal with this. Anyway, moving on to more footballing matters. And uh, Emil Smith-Rowe has reportedly returned to trading ahead of the game against Watford at the weekend. Fantastic news. Um, obviously came out uh, that he was ill. Um, he was not available for the game against uh, Wolves on Thursday. Uh, but he is supposedly now returned and uh, should be in contention for the match, which is great news. I would throw him straight in. I think he would be a better option for us on the left than Martinelli up now. I think that he works better with Tierney. I think he's more of a goal threat at the moment. I would be bringing him into the lineup without a shadow of a doubt. Fantastic news. Bakayo Saka is reportedly set to be Arsenal's number one priority in the summer. Forget big money signings. Forget a striker. Forget a midfielder. Arsenal want to get Bakayo uh, Saka 
on a brand new contract. That is the priority. And to be honest, I don't blame them for that being their priority because we need to make sure we lock Bakaya Saka down to a brand new contract. He's only on £30,000 or so a week. A lot of other clubs are going to be looking at that and going, we can offer him a huge step up in wages. Arsenal need to lock this guy down for the absolute long-term future. Lifetime contract scenarios. We need to be talking about Bakaya Saka at Arsenal when we reach 2030 let alone 2023. So let's keep pushing ahead with these deals and get Bakayo Saka locked in to a brand new contract. It should be said that he does have the same agent, as far as I'm aware, as in Ketia and Balogun. So we've had mixed success with that side of things. But Bakayo Saka, we know, is very much committed to Arsenal and has already signed a new deal in 2020 and should be signing a new one, hopefully, this summer. Moving on to the transfer stories and yesterday we ran a poll on Robert Lewandowski after reports suggested that Arsenal were one of the teams monitoring his contract situation on our uh, Twitter feed. I can reveal the results of that poll. Uh, After 1,529 people voted, 60.7% of people said no, they would not sign Lewandowski on a two-year £400,000 per week deal. 39.3% said yes. Interesting because that does deviate from what we saw in our chat box yesterday, which was about a 50-50 split on the Polish striker. Very interesting. It said in an interview that he's done recently that he would be open to anything. So I look forward to see that. Um, Let's have a look at what's going on in the chat box. Something going a bit weird. Um, I don't see anything at the moment. You'll have to point it out to me. Um, trolls on the pole. <laughs> There's no trolls. It's just what people think. It's just their opinions. Got to respect it. Uh, Jonathan David supposedly has now had his price revealed. Uh, Florian Plettenberg, uh, who is a Sky Sports News, uh, or has quoted Sky Sports News at least, and said, the 22-year-old striker wants to leave Lille in the summer. No release clause. Sources expect a price tag of around 45 to 55 million euros. His new club should play Champions League next season. Therefore, no contact with Newcastle United so far. Too expensive for the Bundesliga. So if Arsenal want to get their hands on Jonathan David, they are going to need to be in the Champions League and willing to play, uh, or rather pay, 45 to 55 million euros. I have to say, and I agree with Benji, I've been seeing quite a lot of slander of Jonathan David. Uh, My good pal, Harry Simi, wrote a very critical article on him. I do disagree. I think he would be an absolutely fantastic forward. I think he brings all the energy that we need from a striker. I wouldn't be bringing him alone. Um, I would be bringing him in as a player that plays with someone. He can play off of them. He can play in a wider position. His versatility would be very, very crucial to what Arsenal are trying to do. And I think people get a pretty married to the idea of how we're playing and the structure that we're playing with this season. Things can change. You never know what might change. I never thought we would stop playing with a number 10. But we've done that recently, so anything is on the table and you can't rule out any possible structure for formation change next season. And our final story of the day is that Fabian Ruiz is supposedly willing by Arsenal to be offered nearly double, if not double, his current salary at Napoli to convince him to join the Gunners next season. Uh, I think this would be an excellent move for Arsenal. I'm a huge fan of Fabian Ruiz. I will fight Clive to the death uh, to get this man into Arsenal because I'm sorry, but his passing and his dribbling metrics just so outstrip that of Granit Xhaka and show how much of an upgrade he is on Granit Xhaka at the age of 25. 
He's scoring from outside the box the other day, kind of nailed home his ability to get onto the edge of things. And that's his sixth goal of the season. This isn't like he's not popping up with goals fairly regularly. In 22 games, six goals from central midfield. I think he would slot into that role that Granite Jack is playing in kind of that left centre mid position absolutely perfectly. So Fabian Ruiz, Arsenal, if you're planning on offering more than double his wages, go and do it. Clive Bellingham, you're dreaming, mate. You're dreaming. It's just, if, you, if we could get him, I would be all over it. I just, I just can't see that happening in a million years. Sorry, mate. Anyway, let's jump into the chat box and start taking your questions. I look forward to seeing some of the things that you're going to come up with. And make sure you're voting on that poll as well into the chat box. Do you think that Mikel Arteta did a better job when taking over at Arsenal than Conte has done at Spurs. 92% of you saying yes. 8%. Just the 8% are saying no. Brilliant stuff to see so much positivity in the chat box this morning. Let's get right to those questions. Right, someone needs to get hold of Clive. He's trolling. Clive's tr turned into a TGT troll. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> dearie me Matt G says Pepe or Martinelli who gets more game time over the remainder of the season I think Martinelli probably gets more game time over the course of the season but they both definitely have a role to play this season and we should be using them to our absolute maximum abilities to try and get the most from them if possible Marcus says is it true you are giving cups away to your wedding guests so they will have more than Spurs oh Marcus that's a great idea Oh, that's a fad. Mm, I'm going to, I've banked that. I've banked that, Marcus. That's a great idea. I love it. I love that. Vinny, Xhaka is our centre midfielder alongside Partey. Nine wins out of 11 Premier League games. No, would, no way would that happen with Fabian. No, you're right. No way. We win 11 out of 11, Vinny. That's what would happen if he says Fabian over Tillemans any day of the week. Viraj says, is Coop Miners and Fabian Ruiz similar players? Who is the better for Arsenal? Coop Miners is a little bit more diminutive uh, than Fabian. And yes, and Clive will tell you this, more mobile than Fabian Ruiz. But both left-footed, both great at passing from deep. But Fabian does affect the offensive side of Napoli's game more so than uh, Coop Miners affects the offensive side of Atalanta's game. But he's better in more of the, the deeper third than what Fabian would be. But both of them are excellent and I would be open to either. Uh, Tokello says, how much would it take to sign Jude Bellingham plus wages? I mean, Jude Bellingham's on, what, a long-term contract still with Borussia Dortmund? Let's have a quick check on how long he's got left on his deal uh, with the German side. His deal runs until 2025, so he has three years left at the end of this season. Rent rated £67.5 million in transfer marks. I think that Dortmund would ask closer to £100 million to, have, to, to give us any chance. Um, of seeing him sign for Arsenal. So I just don't see that happening. Uh, Perez says, Tom, what does double his wages mean in terms of figures? Good question. Fabian Ruiz wages. Spot rack. Let's see if we've got uh, any idea. Uh, it says here, Fabian Ruiz uh, earns £48,000 per week, uh, £2.5 million per year. So we'd be looking to get him pretty close to £100,000 per week to getting him in to uh, Arsenal this season. Uh, interestingly, yeah, it's been about that since 2019. So Arsenal would have to pay close to 100 grand a week to get him in, which is about what you would expect for a 25-year-old turning 26 at this kind of age bracket, that kind of figure. You'd be looking at that anyway. So it's not wildly like over the £100,000 mark. I think that's pretty fair. When you consider Pablo Marie's on like 75 grand, 
Cedric's on something close to that. I think it's pretty uh, standard what you would expect for a player of that caliber. Uh, Garner Ed says, Tom, how does a player in the championship have to be for you to consider them? For example, John Swift has 24 goal contributions from midfield. Uh, I mean, you don't have to rule out just because they're in the championship. What I would say is that you just need to be a little bit wary. Like you think about Ivan Tony. I had my reservations about Ivan Tony, and they've been proven right since he moved. But I think that's pretty incredible. 11 goals, 13 assists, and he's only, what, 26. The age is a bit of a problem, um, and that might seem mad considering how many goals he's scored and assists he's got uh, for Reading this season. That is a mad amount of return uh, from John Swift. He will surely get snapped up by probably one of those mid-table teams in the Premier League next season. You could see that happening. Um how much would it take for me to consider them? It would basically, for me, it's a it's a basically a case of looking at the alternatives. If we're looking at a central midfielder that scores goals, are we looking at other alternatives that are playing at a higher level that are delivering in the elite leagues championship? You know, it's still a very competitive, it's very it's still a very decent quality league, but you do need to take that into account. Right? You you look at the the way that Ivan Tony's come up, you look at the way that Ollie Watkins has effectively dropped off quite a bit as well. But some players absolutely thrive. Like you look at Elise at uh, Crystal Palace. I think he's thriving now. I think he's finally got into the team and we're seeing the best from him. Eberechi Eze before he got injured, another one that really did surprise a lot of people. So there's opportunities for these players. But for Arsenal, I usually prefer to see them go to, say, another Premier League side before making a move, which, yes, does raise the price, but it also removes the risk at the same time. Uh, we've got a brand new member of the chat, Marcus Comfort, or maybe extending his membership. Thank you so much, Marcus, for always supporting the channel. See you in there all the time, mate. Absolute legend. Um, anyone rate Kutman as a Marie, says Clive. You can let him know. And he says, are you worried about your future wife seeing you as less cuddly if you trim down? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm not talking about going to like a stick. I'm like, you know, just like better in more shape toned i think the words is uh toned would be great but uh no any less cuddly i'll give great cuddles i'll have you know uh man who says the miss isn't going to allow that tom <laughs> the cups at the wedding maybe i can sneak them in it'd be like phoebe and friends which she's in charge of cups and ice you you underestimate how little responsibilities i have at this wedding turning up is the primary one second one cups I've got to sort out cups now. I think that's a great I think it's a great idea. Fantastic idea. Anyone who's joining late, oh, what on earth are they talking about? <laughs> uh, Benji says, should we be giving Tierney a break? His performances lately haven't been amazing. I, to be honest, I think that's more to do with the fact he's had Martinelli in front of him than anything. I would want to see him playing more so with Emile Smith-Rowe. I think that gets the benefit out of Tierney a lot more than Martinelli does. Uh, Dave says, with the financials being announced yesterday, are we more pessimistic now in terms of the summer transfer window or the same? Uh, Dave, I'm actually more optimistic about them. And if you want to understand the reasons why, if you haven't yet watched it, go watch my breakdown with Mike from the Gooners pod about the finances and what this means. Because it's projections for 2022 based upon what we've seen this season, especially if we were to qualify for the Champions League, set us up to a really positive place, despite the fact we've made a significant loss this season. It also proves that the KSE are investing. It proves that money is going into this team in the form of £200 million worth of loans. People might say, that's oh, that's not investment. They're not buying this player, buying that player. But money from Kroenke's pocket has gone into the club. No matter which way you want to look at it, it has. 
There is a willingness to see this team move forwards. And the understanding is from my colleague Chris Whitley, who wrote a piece about this in Football.London, is that the club are planning for a significant summer transfer outlay backed by Stan Kroenke's ownership. So let's see what happens. I'm optimistic. Let's see. Um, but yeah, go and watch my breakdown with Mike because it explains a lot of the finances in a lot more detail for you. Uh, Cal says, if Russia split uh, spills onto what? Um, see, the thing is, I'm so uneducated about this topic. Um, do I see an immediate recess of European football? Can I basically, the question is, if this Russia situation expands, does, does European football get affected? European football is already being affected. Uh, we're seeing Russian sides banned uh, from competitions. We're seeing it already affect the state of this sport. There's not enough consistency across all sports. You have to say sometimes uh, Russian competitors, athletes, teams are being allowed into certain competitions. Other times they're not. We need to see some consistency, I think, across the board. Um, but as I say, I'm never educated enough to have my own kind of view on this or to publicly put it out on a public video. Um, but, you know, there's always a threat that there could be uh, more effect uh, on sports because of the ongoing situation. That's all I can say on it. But as I say, I'm not an expert on this. So I'm not going to sit here with nearly 500 of you watching and try and tell you what I think is going to or not going to happen. Uh, Omar says, word has it that your favourite player, Jed Spence, is signing for Arsenal soon. What are your thoughts? Is that is that really the case? I mean, I saw that Liverpool are very much interested in Spurs as well. I've not seen anything regarding Arsenal at all, uh, despite Arsenal's interest. I don't think he will, Omar, to be honest. Uh, King says, what is worse, Kane and Son celebrating their goal record like they've won a trophy or Spurs bottling another trophy? And what do you think, King? I think they're as equally as embarrassing as one another. That Kane's only look to a trophy is individual records, is Audi Cups, like, it's a tragic, tragic career. And he's nearly 30 now. It's a tragic career. Uh, maybe that's why we didn't win the Euros. Maybe we need a more, you know, striker that can win things. Uh, maybe we need that more up top. And England need to find one pretty soon because Kane is not going to be keeping us afloat, that's for sure. Gustavo says, hey, Tom, what would Pepe have to do to change your mind and keep him next season? Which winger would you change him for? To change my mind, um, <sighs> It's, it's unfair because, look, he's not in control of how much we invested in him. But you have to... It, it does come into my thinking, the price tag that we paid. And so, for my opinion, it has to be that he has to start justifying that figure because no matter it, it not being his fault, that's what it costs. You know, we have to see return on our investment and we've moved players on that haven't returned on their investment. We need accountability on players. We need them performing. And he hasn't done that so far. He would have to get into the team and start, you know, goal contributing on a consistent basis. Assists, goals. Like I would need to see consistency across the rest of the season. I need to see consistency in his performance. And I've not seen that yet. And so we need to see more of that. But uh, it all depends whether he's given a chance. It's difficult to prove yourself if you're not playing, obviously, and that will fall on Mikel Arteta. Um, I saw a comment in the comment section yesterday that was like, I'm, I'm obsessed with kind of Pepe moving on. It's not that. And I get that people have their favourite players and people are going to like Pepe more than I uh, see view him as kind of a future Arsenal footballer. It's nothing to do with an agenda or anything personal. I want Arsenal to be the best that they can be. And if I think that Arsenal can upgrade on a certain player, whether I like that player or not, I want them to do it. 
which winger would I change him for? You know, when you look at kind of the players that are out there right now and that you could bring in, you look at the project that Mikel Arteta has got and you're looking at kind of the younger potential players. I did a piece, as I say, on Jeremy Pino the other day and kind of his potential coming through at Villarreal. He's a really interesting option. Um, but I would really have to sit down and have a long think about the players off the top of my head and talking to you guys now. I wouldn't want to throw out a name and not get it right. So if we're going to talk about players that could possibly replace... I mean, to be fair, off the top of my head, I'd look at someone maybe like Rafinha at Leeds. If Leeds go down... Maybe he could come in and do a really good job for us as a right winger, left footed, you know, replacing kind of like for like, but giving yourself more potential. I think what he's done at Leeds is great and what he could do at a club like Arsenal could be even more. Um, but wide players, they're not the priority this summer. And so if you said we're keeping Pepe, but you were going to go and sign two top class strikers and a central midfielder, I'm okay with that because, you know, Pepe offers you something. Uh, a wide player is not the priority this summer. We've got plenty more players. Serge Gnabry possibly at Bayern Munich if his contract talks continue to be an issue. Maybe we could go somewhere and look at him next season as well. There are players out there. Uh, it's just about who you could go for. Anthony at Ajax maybe as well as another one to look to uh, as another possible option as well. Um, Chiodozzi says, uh, who would you rather have in Arsenal? Frankie de Jong or Fabian Ruiz? It's a really good question because the thing about Frankie de Jong is, or Frankie de Jong, is that he uh, he's not really been able to reach the heights that people expected at Barcelona. Maybe because of mainly because of Barcelona's struggles themselves. I would love to see him being given a chance at Arsenal to rediscover his career. I think you would have to lean towards Frankie de Jong if you can get him for a reasonable price. But it would depend on the price difference between him and Fabian. Because if the price of sixteen million is true regarding Fabian Ruiz, that's a no-brainer of a deal, whereas Frankie Dion could cost you around 50-odd million quid to get him through the door. Um, Zander says, rumours are that Arsenal, along with some others, are interested in Ben Johnson from West Ham United. Does this spell the end to Cedric if we bring in a right-back? It should do. It, it should do. But Cedric is very happy at Arsenal. Cedric is very content at Arsenal with doing and playing in the role that he's playing in. So it's going to be difficult. And he says, how would you feel about Bellerin coming back as Tommy's backup? Not good, to be honest. I mean, he's got a year left on his deal. Let's cash in on him. It's not worked out. I think he needs a move. I think he needs to permanently be somewhere else. I'm not interested in Bellerin being Tommy's backup next season. I would move him on. If he did stay, I think he's a better option than Cedric. But uh, I can't see him wanting to play behind Tommy Asu, to be honest. Uh, Marcus says, oh my God, it must have been a dream last night, but did Renato Sanchez sign for someone? <laughs> did he? Did Renato Sanchez? I mean, Bailey's not going to be very happy about this. Let's have a look. Um, I don't see this. It looks like it was a dream. It looks like it was a dream, mate. Sorry uh, to disappoint anyone. Uh, why was Conte's contract so short, says Doodleman? This is something that I've been steer uh, that has steered from Conte's camp or Spurs's. Um, look, I think that he's a manager that doesn't stay in one place very long unless he's given incentive and investment and backing. And uh, whilst he has been given, you know, some signings, he claims that they weakened their squad in January by getting rid of some players, which is technically true in terms of numbers. But he wasn't using Ali. He wasn't getting the best from Tango and Dombele. Um, so I can't really say that it's, it's weakened them in that regard because they weren't using those players. Whereas Kulisevsky's come in, done well. Bentecourt, not as well. So I don't think they can particularly have too many complaints about the January window, to be honest, because what would you strengthen more than he, he has done? Central midfield, he got a very decent one in from, uh, from Juve. Doesn't, it's not a decent one. It doesn't really progress them that further. And Kulisevsky has done quite well since arriving from Juventus. So 
I just, I, I, I think that he's a manager that needs backing, he needs investment, and he wasn't going to get that. He wasn't going to work miracles. You look at the comparison between his job and what Arteta did in those six months, and it's very different. Arteta didn't get us any higher than eighth in that first season, but we took, he took over the club in the bottom half of the table and still won us an FA Cup and got us back into Europe. Uh, Justin says, I saw an interview with Sol Campbell's agent when he signed for Arsenal, so I thought you uh, take Harry Kane at Arsenal like Sol Campbell's move. I doubt that would happen, mate. I really do doubt. I have no doubt in my mind that Harry Kane has an absolute hatred for Arsenal. Um, I just can't see that happening. Um, what position are we finishing this season, says Scott? I hope fourth, mate. I hope fourth. Um, my hope is that we can get that position. If we're not, I think it would be a disappointment. It wouldn't be a failure in my mind, but it would be a big disappointment considering how the season's gone. And good morning to you, Kaziri. I hope you're doing well, mate. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, which I'm probably not. Uh, Kevin says, TC, do you have any targets set for Arsenal over next season? Transfers, finished targets, any in any competition that we're in. If we qualify for the Europa League, it has to be the target to win it. If we're in the Premier, if we're in the Premier League next season, uh, the Premier League next season has to be a target of top four. Has to be progression. I wasn't expecting top four this season. We've invested 150 million pounds. We're looking to invest more this summer. The target has to be top four next season as a minimum expectation. Uh, if we're in the Europa League, it has to be a minimum expectation to try and win it. If you're not achieving top four to get back into the Champions League, that's the target. The minimum expectation next season for me is qualifying for the Champions League. Talk about title challenges maybe in a couple of seasons or a few seasons' time when we've been able to strengthen our team and galvanise this group and consolidate this group of strong players and overhaul the squad more. Um, we'll have a better idea about title challenges. But absolutely minimum next season expectation is qualifying for the Champions League if we haven't done so already. And transfers, we need to make sure that we're adding prime quality to the striker position and central midfield and adding strength in depth to right back to forwards in terms of wide positions, possibly another central midfielder as well with Elneny leaving too, and if Xhaka goes as well, and maybe centre-back, depending on what happens there. We've already got the goalkeeper, but we need to see more as well. So there you go. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap things up there. As Afsar says, do smash that like button if you haven't done so already. Quick check on the poll. 92% of the votes going in favour of Mikel Arteta. Over 300 of you have voted. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, I knew that one would come good, it seems. And uh, I'll be back hopefully this afternoon um, to give you a Fabian Ruiz tactical breakdown. I'm looking to bring you a dedicated show on him. Um, so that should be interesting. We'll do some comparisons. Uh, I know a lot of people want to see him compared to Kessier. So we're going to do that. We're going to compare him to Granite Xhaka, of course, as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you uh, more content over the next uh, week or so. I've got a really interesting show, hopefully planned for Friday. Uh, I've been having a couple of debates on Twitter. You've probably seen if you follow either of my accounts over the last couple of days. Um, but one on AC Milan, uh, a debate about AC Milan's project in comparison to Arsenal and a bit of a debate with uh, a uh, an AC Milan uh, content creator and broadcaster. So that should be good on Friday. Uh, and there'll be previews, of course, ahead of the uh, Watford game on Saturday as well. So plenty of content to come for you guys over the week. Hopefully me and Harry will get together for a show and do the next Canton and Simu show, because we've not done one since his article on Jonathan David, which I'm interested to talk to him about. Um, but it's an absolute pleasure, as always, to speak to you guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. See you on the Arsenal way in just under an hour's time as well. Link in the description. It's the 90 plus minute. 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mate's already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.